Welcome to Lords of Order, the DC Dr. Fate fan podcast. I'm your host, Ed Moore. This is a spoilers podcast. I'll get into that a little bit more here in a second. If you want to leave feedback, you can send it to the Dr. Fate podcast at gmail.com. Doctor is DR there. The website is bigtimenoise.com slash Dr. Fate. Same thing, DR for Doctor. Lords of Order can be found on Facebook and Google+. And if you are inclined to use Twitter, you can tweet me at Teal Productions, T-E-A-L. Now, as far as the spoilers go for this particular episode, the book that we're, we're going to talk about is More Fun Comics 55, cover dated May 1940. Now, my, by my calculations, that's 73 years. Um, if you're being spoiled and it upsets you 73 years later, I... I don't know what to say. I'm not even going to apologize. I, I don't know where we're at there. But there we go. This is the first appearance of Dr. Fate. That's where we're starting in our chronological discovery of Dr. Fate together. The story's entitled The Menace of Wotan, written by Gardner Fox and penciled by Howard Sherman, inks by Mr. Sherman. The colorist and the letterist is unknown. Nobody ever took credit for it. Now, Gardner Fox and Howard Sherman are credited as creators of Dr. Fate, so that's not necessarily a given with the first appearance, but it does happen to match up here. And uh, for those of you that may be listening, be aware that I know Dr. Fate and I'm familiar with Dr. Fate, but a lot of his story, and more importantly his minutiae, I'll be learning as I go along. So... Uh, have patience with me as as things strike me and, and I find out things that for those of you that have been totally familiar with Dr. Fate find me rather sophomoric for not knowing. I That I will apologize for even though I won't apologize for spoiling something 73 years old. So you got me there with that one. We start out the uh, story with a it's, it's a six-panel page, but one panel takes up about a third of the page. And the panel is several people kneeling and one standing with a reddish high collar and a green cloak on, or cape, rather. Only see that person from the back. But they're worshipping, I guess, at what I would assume is some sort of Egyptian deity's graven image here, a, a statue, uh, incense burning from the... Um, not decanters, but I can't think of what that word is for the big, uh, the long, indirect lighting-looking lamps that uh, incense is burned in. Then we see this red-cloaked individual. We now see him from the front, and he is the red high collar is also part of his red, almost like uh, jumpsuit. And he's turning to somebody next to him and asking if the plans are made and the human person because the first person talking is greenish says yeah the uh, the girl will be dead shortly and identifies this green cloaked red jumpsuit wearing dude as Wotan so this is this is Wotan talking to uh, we'll assume a minion and then he says good because when the girl dies Dr. Fate will be at my mercy. And when he dies, I, Wotan, shall rule the world. So, a nefarious plot here to get Dr. Fate out of the way so that Wotan can rule the world, which 
you would think means that he's fairly powerful, which at this point must mean that he feels Dr. Fate is fairly powerful. We'll hit on that again a little bit later here in the story. We then switch to some town somewhere and some schmuck walking down the street here. He goes into his apartment building and walks into his apartment and here's a glowing ball. The glowing ball hypnotizes him and it tells him that he needs to go to North Road at once. You will see a girl there in apartment 2X, which I just think X is an amusing number for the apartment number two would be second floor perhaps x would be apartment x meaning they went all the way through the alphabet from a to a that's a lot of apartments but okay choke her to death then forget what you did so he's been sent on a mission to kill a girl because of the beginning part of the story we're assuming that this is the girl that wotan wants dead and by extension we can perhaps assume that wotan must be the one giving directions through this ball or at the very least the minion he spoke to asking if it had been accomplished. So the man is hypnotized. He says, I hear and I shall obey. Runs down to a cab, tells him North Road quickly. Finds the apartment, knocks on the door. And the woman partially opens it to see who is at the door. I guess they didn't have peepholes then. 1940. So she opens the door part way, without a chain I might add. And he forces his way in says, I'm going to kill you. I have promised it. And we see the brief struggle here. She cries out, no, no, fate, Dr. Fate. And then the next panel in the middle of the room floats a coal black cloud. And a disembodied voice comes forth from the cloud saying, you called Inza? I, Dr. Fate, heard you and I appear. We then cut to Wotan who senses the presence, I guess, of Dr. Fate. Uh, he says Dr. Fate is here in America. So this image at the beginning of the story of these men bowing to this um, Egyptian god occurred somewhere in America. But he feels Dr. Fate. And then he says, Wotan says, I shall burn the building and all life within it and so destroy Dr. Fate forever. So he has... Um, an interesting power set that he is able to tell when Dr. Fate is here, which uh, can we assume is like on this plane, meaning that Dr. Fate spends his time somewhere else and comes here. We then see that a portion of Inza's apartment catches on fire. The guy is waking up, snapping out of it, exclaiming, where am I? Dr. Fate steps forth from the cloud and finally here three pages in we have an image of Dr. Fate with the yellow almost bullet shaped helmet completely covering his face yellow cape blue and yellow outfit from head to toe he tells Inza to hurry he will save her he tells the gentleman who we find out is Thomas Crawley or Strawley. Let's see here. I can't quite make it out. Looks like Strawley. S-T-R-A-W-L-E-Y. Strawley. He knows that this man was sent by Wotan to kill Enza and orders him to forget everything. Dr. Fate then takes Enza in his grasp to save her from the fire 
and puts his cape over Thomas to save him from the fire. Next panel indicates Thomas Crawley knows one moment of extreme or intense bitter cold and then he finds himself standing unharmed on the sidewalk. So Dr. Fate transported him somehow. We then have a little info blurb here telling you about Dr. Fate, which I will uh, recite after we get done here because I find that kind of interesting. Then Dr. Fate is talking to Enza. He's thanking her because she located Wotan for him. Well, she had nothing to do with it, but okay. So apparently, Wotan can sense when Dr. Fate is here, we'll say on this plane, but Dr. Fate can't do likewise. So is that lesser power? Does that mean that Wotan is cloaking himself somehow? We're not sure, and this the story really doesn't go into that. These are just things, I think, being thrown out almost off the cuff by the creators as they're writing this. Uh, there wasn't perhaps a whole lot of forethought and story planning that went into it ahead of time, and they're kind of doing it on the fly, which is, this whole story has a very on-the-fly feel to it from panel to panel. So he tells her she always needs to be on guard against Wotan, and he must have known that I would come, and when I was here, he probably will send more people or do something because he knows I'm here. Dr. Fate then demonstrates his power for Enza by turning a vase into ash. Into dust, actually, I'm sorry. And then he explains, I merely released the energy atoms comprising the vase, changing them into atoms of dust as easily as could I destroy a human body, a train, an entire building. Rather foreboding that he throws in an entire or a, a human body in there. It's like, dude, you're a good guy, but yet you're saying you could turn a person to dust? Okay. He then tells Enza, come, we must go find Wotan. They, he, they, they travel by converting the energy atoms so that they will merge into ether. And you can travel as do I, as wind itself. So they dematerialize somehow and become windish and flow with the wind. We cut to Wotan who has opened up an ancient tome of black magic and he's trying to find a way to defeat Dr. Fate. When Dr. Fate appears in the room, wherever it is, that he, Wotan, is in. Prepared for him, Wotan releases several gorillas to attack Dr. Fate. And in finding Wotan, Dr. Fate has brought Inza with him. So she is now there and is immediately put in harm's way. Because these two attacking gorillas, one attacks Fate and one attacks Inza. Well, fate dispatches his quickly, but Enza is not able to. She's merely human. So to help her out, after defeating his gorilla, who we see lying here at Fate's feet with stars circling his head, Fate wills his strength to Enza, who throws her gorilla 
up against the wall causing these stars to circle around that gorilla. Wotan sensing that because fate has transferred his strength is now weakened he attacks fate hand to hand with a knife. So these these men that have the power to reduce buildings to ash excuse me dust are reduced to fighting hand to hand with knives but not in the typical Puerto Rican knife fight sense where they're blocking and doing all that cool stuff if you're familiar with that martial art. No, because Dr. Fate still has some energy in reserve, his energy stores being so great, that he yells at Wotan and tells him to stop, and he does. At which point, Fate emits tentacles of flame from his hand to try to ignite Wotan, intimidating him to tell me first why you want to kill me. But immediately in the next panel, the fire is gone, and Wotan and Fate are just talking. Because Wotan says, Two, I too have studied the mysteries of the past fate. You are the only man I acknowledge, my equal, even perhaps my superior, if you die. The clumsy, ignorant, modern world would be my slaves. So, as they're talking, Wotan takes Dr. Fate's um, distraction and attacks Inza and tells Dr. Fate if he does not submit if Fate does not submit to Wotan Wotan will destroy Inza now that he has her in his power and Fate tries to call him off saying you've got me I'm checkmated I can't do anything but in that instance instant I guess would be the better word Wotan is distracted and fate resorts to hand to hand knocking him out with a mighty sock to the jaw that's what it says sock S-O-C-K and he says sometimes I think a good fight accomplishes more than all the learning in the world and the sock was so powerful that it knocks Wotan through whatever portion of the room and out an open window that opens to the street below and Wotan falls as Dr. Fate no I apologize he doesn't knock him through he's knocked Wotan for a loop and Dr. Fate picks him up presses him over his head and throws him out the window so here is Dr. Fate the hero throwing Wotan the bad guy out the window kind of like back when Batman ran around with guns and used to shoot the bad guys. The 1940s comic book world was much more black and white than it is now. You've got to appreciate that. Because now we're so wishy-washy, Batman over the years has faced Joker 80 million times because he keeps putting him in prison and he keeps getting out. Well here, Dr. Fate is saying, no, you had your chance, now my chance. And he's just trying to take Wotan out of the picture. He says, see what new experience death will bring you, Wotan. Goodbye. Dude, that's just, that's harsh. And then he leans out the window and watches as Wotan plummets to the street and he says, so ends Wotan. So he threw him out the window expecting it would kill him. Dude. So then 
Enza is talking with Dr. Fate. She asks, how did you do that? How, how did you defeat him? And he explains to us the unknowing public that just saw in picture what he did. But he explains it for us nonetheless. I caught him off guard, broke the spell of that energy, and he was a mortal man again. Wotan was green. He did not look mortal to me. But, okay. And I didn't look it up, but I, I think Wotan is a name that is associated with, like, the devil or demons or something like that. So you would think... Anyways, he says he's mortal. And she asks, do you think Wotan dead? And Fate replies, perhaps and perhaps not. I am going now to find out. Now, this interesting little descriptor here of Dr. Fate, let me see if I can read it. This copy is not all that good. After Dr. Fate transports Mr. Crawley to the street, we have a page, a, a panel, that is two-thirds text and one-third Dr. Fate standing with his helmeted face and his chin kind of up in a three-quarter side regal-looking pose. And it says, Who is Dr. Fate? student of ancient mysteries that were partially destroyed when Caesar burned Alexandria's library, which I've always thought was just a tragedy, what must have been in that library. Delver into the unknown science of the occult and the word, I believe it says. Could be world, but I believe it's word. Alchemist and physicist extraordinaire. Dr. Fate has learned the ultimate secret of the universe, the true conversion of energy into matter and matter into energy. Without a doubt, that would have to make him one of the strongest people, good or bad, in the world at this time. He can change, interchange matter and energy. Come on, how do you beat that? Everything that's going to come against him is going to be made of either matter or energy. And he can control those, so... He's set. So here they have him set up to be invincible. And he's got a mean streak because he likes to throw bad guys out the window to their death. So this first appearance of Dr. Fate is rather intimidating. He is a take-no-prisoners, basically-I-can-do-anything kind of superhero. You know, forget Superman and his Boy Scout attitude. This dude is just, like, killer. So there we go. There's the first appearance of Dr. Fate. Now, there's a lot thrown at you there, and I could probably go back and read through this again and pick something else out and do that multiple times to get all the little tidbits that are thrown out every panel. The panel layout is, is kind of cool. It's a eight-panel layout, four to a side, two columns. Very straightforward. Nowadays, we're used to a, a nine-panel layout if they use a standard layout, three threes. But this is two four columns. So it's, it's an interesting uh, visual appeal for me in particular. On the way out here, I do want to give a shout-out to a, uh, an interesting resource that I found. It's Tower of Fate blog at towerofate.blogspot.com. If you're listening to the podcast and via the name of the blog, you can pretty much guess what the blogger discusses on his blog. Go check it out. See what you think. Leave me some feedback. Uh, next time, I think I'm going to talk about issue 9 of, let's see what issue it is. 
issue 17, rather, of DC Universe Presents. That should be the first appearance, no, not DC Universe, Earth 2, excuse me. Issue 9 of Earth 2, which will be the first appearance in the new 52 of their Doctor Fate. So I'll talk about the current incarnations of Doctor Fate as we're going through and learning about the initial appearance of Doctor Fate because this new 52 is supposed to be a whole new hero. So anything that we learn about the previous incarnations of Doctor Fate should not interfere with this new incarnation of Doctor Fate. They should be completely separate and we can learn about them both at the same time as we're going along. Thanks a lot. See you next time. Lords of Order is a Teal production, and as such is licensed under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, non-derivative 3.0 unported license. 